Hello and welcome to Law Implications. I'm Mycroft and uh, you might know me from TSORP as the Law Lizard of the place. With me I have Pooch. And that would be me. Someone who uh, might not be too familiar with um, the uh, TSO community in particular. But um, I have a penchant for partaking in some certain pieces of law and getting lost in it, which is why I'm here. I asked Pooch uh, to join me for this particular uh, project, as he is very knowledgeable about, uh, about uh, settings that I myself have uh, little knowledge of, uh, and that is not for lack of interest. Uh, we, in this podcast, uh, we are hoping to bring you uh, the basics, and uh, if, if you uh, so desire the specifics of some parts of uh, the, uh, the law from different settings. For this particular episode, we've chosen D&D, uh, specifically the Forgotten Realms setting, although by 5th edition uh, you can pretty much mix and match your settings as you wish in Dungeons & Dragons, but that's something else entirely. You can cherry pick a little bit if you want to do that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, still, ex- explaining the settings themselves is probably a good idea, regardless. Very much so, yes. I, I can say that from experience, being having played Dungeons & Dragons without having any idea of what the setting actually was. It wasn't that great. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, sure, I'm sure that the Monster Campaign is just a setting in and of itself. Yeah, of course it is. Yes, play as the orcs. You don't have to care about the settings. You just murder things anyway. (laughs) Yes, anything that isn't an orc is an enemy. Therefore, it doesn't really matter what the core races are, nor what they know in the name of their countries and whatnot. Anyway, anyway, um, I'll start out by asking a simple question, which is, uh, what is law? Well, it might not be entirely simple, depending on who you are. Law is a a bit between the uh, well, the eyes and the the very beginning of the bill of a bird. It's also the point between the eyes and the nostrils of a snake. Are you sure about that? (laughs) I am very sure about that. I have done extensive research in this particular area. All right. Um, So now we know what law is. Yes, of course, <laughs> the type of law we're talking about here <laughs> is the um, uh, is the collected wisdom uh, concerning a certain subject or uh, the collected history and background story for a fic- uh, fictional uh, world. Uh, law uh, comes from an old Germanic word called lair, which essentially mean to lear- uh, means to learn, and it has been... Uh, used uh, in various incarnations by a lot of uh, modern Germanic languages, such as German and Dutch. That uh, that's that's really what law is. It is it is a collection of information in this uh, particular instance about a fictional world. In short, I guess we can call it recorded history, more or less, at least. Yeah, <laughs> we cho- uh, chose Forgotten Realms as uh, mentioned. Uh, Simply because it it is the most prevalent of uh, of the various settings you'll find uh, related to Dungeons and Dragons, and more so we um, wanted to talk about D and D as the first subject, 
because it serves as a large inspiration source for a lot of the fantasy genre, despite the prevalence of Tolkien-esque elements within the same genre. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, like, but, but a lot of the Tolkien inspiration that, uh, that you see in a lot of fantasy comes directly from those things being inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, and Dungeons and Dragons just is uh, it's it's heavy with Tolkien inspiration, along with various things you'll find from uh, various uh, mythologies from around the world. You have your Egyptian stuff, your Greco-Roman, Chinese. Maya, the Hindu, indeed. Uh, you even have all, some Norse stuff in there. Yes, although the Norse stuff uh, essentially comes from the Tolkien <laughs> universe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Forgotten Realms is also the particular setting uh, in which you will find a lot of uh, books and video games uh, set in. You have uh, R.A. Salvatore's books. You have. Uh, the Icewind Dale uh, games, as well as Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, uh, Neverwinter Online. So the, you you find all of the, uh, the, uh, those things are set in Forgotten Realms. So most people should have some familiarity with the setting. That they should, at least. Yes. Unless you're someone like me who actually never played those games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. That, that I, I've kept... Yeah, I kept my my pen and paper strictly D and D, and my D and D strictly outside of my video games. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm one of a kind in that case. I think. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if you're one of a kind, but uh, it's it's certainly rare to see these days. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so on to some early history of uh, the uh, realm space as the entirety of the Forgotten Realms universe is called. So actually what we were supposed to talk about here, instead of spending the first five minutes or so not talking about it. Great. We were talking about the Forgotten Realms and the world of Abertoril, which starts with one large event between the typical kind of introduction between gods and uh, godlike creatures known as primordials in this case who wage a war between each other at as the world uh, is created, and um, righteous war throughout uh, the earliest history of unrecorded history, that's to say, before any of the um, currently uh, existing races even had uh, begun existing on the planet. The, uh, this happens during a point in time that is later co- uh, called the Blue Age, where a beer to real is a planet covered entirely in water oceans, if you wish to call that, and every every single living thing on Abiatoril is uh, aquatic of, uh, in some uh, way, and we ha- we have this world-spanning ocean with lots of different races and whatnot. But due to the war between the gods and the primordials, uh, the Blue Age ends when uh, one of the primordials eats the sun. It's quite dramatic, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's very dramatic, and it brings upon something that's... Uh, this all happens during the Dawn War as well, mm. and it brings upon something called the Shadow Epoch, where the, all the waters which the planet is entirely consisted of turns into ice, and everything alive dies. <laughs> that's pretty dramatic, if I call it so. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, uh, it is. I have, and... Uh, 
the Dawn War it takes place throughout these two initial periods of time. I think we already said that, though. Yes, yes, we. Uh, I <laughs> believe perhaps, but it's worth pointing out again because uh, yeah. because the Dawn War is sort of a, it, it's it's a it's something that really spans for uh, for the entirety of the infancy of Abiaturil. It is due to the uh, jealousy of uh, uh, of uh, of the primordials uh, which were the world creators back in uh, back before the creation of Abiaturil uh, and they wanted what they uh, could not uh, what they didn't create themselves and if they couldn't have it then they would destroy it as we'll learn more about in a bit indeed that's a, the Shadow Epoch, of course, comes to an end eventually, because what kind of fantasy setting is a world of ice without life? So, one of the gods, more specifically the actual god of who of um, who created the first sun, recreates the sun. Nice and dandy, and all the ice melts. Great. <laughs> so, the difference here is that when all the ice melts, uh, it reveals that beneath lies actual land masses that uh, rise up from the waters, and then the gods can start seeding the world with new life, which can both exist in the water and on land. This leads to something that uh, is later on referred to as the creator races. Uh, the three primary creator races are the Saruk, who are... Uh, the 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 saurians uh, the sauroids lizardmen whichever you want to uh, to call them and they are also the direct ancestors to the majority of uh, lizardmen races on uh, the toril later on uh, as in the ones that are simply called lizardmen and the naga the yuan-ti uh, there are plenty more beyond those but those are the three major ones at least the most notable Maybe yes, the the ones that you most often encounter. Then we have yeah. the Bratrachi, which are the amphibians and uh, 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 fish-like ancestor race who primarily lived in the water, but of course being amphibious, they could also uh, go on land. And finally we have the third, the uh, Airy, which have a name that is very, very, very hard to figure out how to pronounce, so we call them the Airy might be something else entirely, uh, which were the uh, ancestors of every single uh, bird-like race, as a, such as harpies and uh, Aracocra, uh, Tengu, Kenku, all those. Etc, etc. Yes. Oh, I suppose I, did, I forgot to mention that the Batrachi are the ancestors of stuff like Sahagin, Kuotoa, Probably not abolifs, but uh, basically they uh, they are the ancestor race of every single race that the abolifs have later on enslaved. Uh, that works. Too. I thought the Bachachi were related to the abolifs. No, there doesn't seem to be any anything that directly states that they are. Maybe they do seem to have a lot of things in common, if nothing else. Well, I guess that leaves it on an open note, I guess. <laughs> yes. Something implications. Yes, which is but what not we're an here implication. for. Yeah, indeed, but that's not an implication that we should probably touch much upon. No. If we can't answer it properly. The uh, These three creator races, they have their own empires, hence, uh, hence why later races actually know that they exist and can refer to them as the creator races. The first one was that of the Saruk. When their empire fell, the empire of the Batrachi uh, rose up. 
when the Pachachi's empire fell, then the Airy were there to pick up the slack and create their own empire. Pretty much, at least. Yes, and Pooch can tell you more about this. Yeah. Uh, this this happens at the start of the thing, when uh, the Shruga appear and are civilized enough to start their own empires. Begins the um, Days of Thunder, as it's called, at least. So, um, they progress the Days of Thunder on from from the point of the first Saruk Empire onto the end of the Airy Empire, the fall of it, which happens in another pretty dramatic event when meteors start raining down on the world and suddenly dragons happen. <laughs> yes. Fun times! <laughs> Fun times indeed. Suddenly dragons. Uh, the, the, the event is called the Tearfall, uh, which yes, co- uh, something with these meteors, whether they were uh, whether they were eggs or they just were covered in magical dust that caused local lizards to suddenly evolve into the dragons, is not entirely uh, certain. But dragons appear. We did forget to mention one other thing about the days of thunder, in regards to races. Ah, uh, yes, we did. We forgot the other two creator races. There are two more. There's five in total. And one of them is, of course, the humans who are native to Eber Turil. And then there's the Fae, who um, rule the um, rather moderately well-known uh, alternate material plane known as the Feywild, or otherwise the Fairy, which is more or less identical to the prime material plane of Eber Turil at this mm. point. It even has echoing races, so the Fey exists in this this um, alternate plane, which is separate. It lies nearby, and the Fey and the other creator races can easily interact at this time. Then we uh, we then have the tearful, the uh, sudden existence of dragons. Poof. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is known that the if, uh, that the Fey actually did uh, fight the dragons at some point, and they even uh, uh, start creating other races to help them with this. Hence, creator races. Indeed, but that happens later on. That still happens after the Days of Thunder. Yes. But regardless, the Fey are the creators of the elves. Great. Among other things. Among other things. Also the Eladrin, I think. At some point after the Tearfall, but before the actual end of the Days of Thunder, uh, the Primordials start getting restless again. And they, they, they didn't feel too well about the whole losing this, uh, uh, this planet to the gods thing. So, in a bit to please the Primordials, uh, the, uh, uh, the head of the gods, Owl, uh, they decided to split Abiatoril down the middle and created... Abir and Toril. He gave Abir to the Primordials while he kept a Toril for the gods. Uh, Somehow, Somewhere down the point of this, mm. we, we can safely assume that the Primordials were still jealous of it and weren't quite pleased with having only created the Feywilds for the Fey, and as well as the Fey, to inhabit the Feywilds and other different material planes that exist within the universe. Yeah, they were they they, they were je- uh, jealous, which is uh, actually the word uh, used. 
Uh, they they were je- jealous that they that they weren't the creators of these worlds yeah. and therefore wanted them de- uh, destroyed. And yet, I'd also it, call them greedy. Yeah, all that too. Essentially, the primordials represent the chaotic forces of the of realm space, whereas the gods represent the more lawful forces. And I know within the gods there are gods that are chaotic, something something. Where uh, and among the pri- uh, primordials there are also lawful various things, but in general they they sort of represent those uh, those aspects because the primordials were more elemental god uh, gods. And goddesses, whereas the gods were more those who represented uh, various concepts such as law and justice, and uh, we have the uh, we also have the gods of uh, the moons and go, uh, go, uh, gods of various other things, but they weren't as closely related to singular elements. Something like that, at least. Yes. I'd actually compare the gods and the primordials to that of the dragons, where you have the uh, chromatic dragons and the metallic dragons, which are largely um, similar, but mirrored. Yep, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Now I don't know how funny good-aligned uh, metallic dragons, but um, well, actually, I know plenty of good-aligned metallic dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any good-aligned chromatic dragons, however, to my knowledge. Generally speaking, there uh, there are no good-aligned chromatic dragons, at least not uh, at least not per default. I'm sure that some uh, someone has had a setting that they created for themselves in which there was a good-natured red dragon or black dragon or something. Uh, the closest we get is the uh, chaotic neutral brown dragons that aren't true chromatic dragons, so they don't really count. But that was a bit about the early days of the world, and uh, uh, Abia Toril, now just Toril, uh, continues to exist through various periods of time. Uh, we have the Dawn Age, which is when the last of the three empires of the uh, of the the days of thunder the empire of the airy falls and the humans become the primary uh, race to have their go at the, this whole empire creation thing they uh, they and they they do that alongside a ton of other races that are slowly introduced and to uh, come about which we'll talk about a bit uh, in a bit but well, one be- being that uh, the elves also <laughs> appeared on toril yes because uh, the dragons happened and the fae didn't like the dragons who likes dragons so, anyway? Well, that that's that's something I leave for another day. I'm sure there's people <laughs> who like dragons. <laughs> uh, towards the more modern age, uh, for lack of a better term, within the Forgotten Realms, we have the Era of Upheaval, which uh, it take, uh, starts around the same time that uh, the 3.5 rule sets uh, be begins and uh, it starts out with a period of time referred to as the time of troubles two gods stole what is referred to as the tablets of fate from the great law uh, the great god Ao, and uh, since no god came forward when he called them all together in order to catch the thieves uh, to say i did it he just said well screw a lot of you then i'll just throw you out and they were forced to walk the earth in mortal form 
And he, he only allowed one other god beyond himself because he's not in any way or shape or form uh, dependent on worshippers uh, to keep his godlike powers as the other gods were. He allowed one god except uh, so himself to uh, keep his powers as long as he uh, stood guard by the celestial bridge that led from Toril, the mortal plane, to the realm of gods. And this particular god was Helm, the god of uh, justice. That sounds a lot like the gatekeeper in Norse mythology, actually. It pretty much is. A little uh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> the time of troubles uh, was a turbulent time, because now that gods weren't in their domains anymore, this meant that, that uh, a lot of clerics were unable to use divine magic, because the gods had a harder time granting it to as many when they uh, all of their uh, all of their mortal or all of their, their godlike essence was forced into a mortal form uh, this also meant that certain gods actually died uh, this includes uh, the two gods that stole the tablets of fate uh, and they were then replaced by mortals who took over parts of their portfolios and this and is something that happened a lot during the time of troubles it happened a lot, and there were a lot of so-called young gods by the time the time the time of troubles ended, which were which are mortals that have become deities due to absorbing the essence of dead gods. It should be said that it is not the first time that has happened, but it was like it happened on Mars during the time of troubles. Yeah, this is the time where gods dying was more commonplace than it had yep. been before. Eventually, the time of troubles end. Well, everything has an end. Yes, exactly. Uh, but they, they, they mark the beginning of the timeline by the time 3.5 starts. Then we have an event called the Sundering. And the Sundering is a, an event on Toril, which happens um, after something known as the Spell Plague. And the Spell Plague, it, you're sure that, I'm pretty sure that the Spell Plague happened before the Sundering. No. Yes, it did. No. <laughs> Alright, so if it didn't, let, let's pretend it didn't happen before the Spell Plague, or after the Spell Plague, I mean. And uh, either way, the um, Sundering is a time when Owl, as he has been uh, returned his Tablets of Fate, decides that he's going to destroy them. He destroys the Tablets of Fate, which is um, uh, an item or a kind of law book for the gods that dictates what they are allowed to do and what they get to do, as per his decree. <laughs> it's also the list of all gods and which domains they have, what the or the portfolios as they are called, what what what, what things they govern, what what their divine essence is related to. More or less, the Bible of the gods. Yes, that they read, and then they know what they can do. But he destroys them. And brings upon the Sundering. So the Sundering is um, this event where the Tablets of Fate are destroyed. And brings upon the conclusion of the Time of Troubles. And previously, the worlds of Abair and Turil have slowly been overlapping into each other when the Time of Troubles began. But they have been overlapping and several parts of uh, Toril have uh, been replaced by the mirrored parts of Abair. No, 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 now you're thinking about the spell plague. No, but that, this still happened during the Sundering. 
I, I during the sundering, the air, the worlds slow, uh, slowly begin to melt together. It's not something that that really happens in uh, in a way that's noticeable. I was saying they had been melding together as of the start of the time of troubles. The no, sundering, however, it, it, marks the separation of those worlds. Again, because can't have that. They can't be the same world. It, and the primordials get sad. It is exactly when the tablets are destroyed that the worlds begin slowly merging. Not be, uh, not during the time of troubles, but when the tablets are destroyed. Regardless, the sundering is still when Aber and Turil are once more properly separated. And that's probably for the best, because otherwise the primordials will probably be sad again. Just a bit. <laughs> we don't uh, need the primordials to be sad again. Uh, that's already enough trouble with them. But I think we forgot something, then, because... Let's see here. I I am absolutely certain that the spell plague happened before the Sundering. No, no. The spell uh, the spell plague uh, doesn't happen before the Sundering. You're looking at the uh, the list of major events. No, I'm not. The, the, the spell... During the spell plague, it uh, rapidly increased the amount of uh, areas and time between uh, when Aber and Tyrell started merging together. Yes, but that, the, sunder, sunder, the sundering be, uh, begins before the, uh, before the spell plague and ends after the spell plague. It's a that's long possible. process. It's a very that's long possible. process. So uh, you're it, saying that the spell plague happened during the sundering? Essentially, yes. All right. Well, that makes sense. Though, let's see here. I know for one thing that the sundering is identical, or like a previous event with the same name, which was not brought upon by the god Ao. Or the gods at all, really. Which involves the sundering between the Feywilds, or Fairy, and Toril. Where um, a few parts in Toril end up in the Feywilds. But no parts of the Feywilds end up on Toril. So, it's not a fair trade, really, but it happened. And it's all because of elves. And you know, fairies tend to be greedy bastards, so... Yeah. They, uh, they 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 keep everything and give nothing. The Fey are of course created by the primordials, as we've said, so they likely inherited some traits of jealousy and greed, and being being generally chaotic uh, creatures, they are they don't really have any. They well, every creature has a few rules that they live by, and the Fey are no different. They also have certain rules, but in general, they do as they please. That's such that is. they do. Uh, the uh, nature of chaotic beings. Well, let's see, we haven't talked at all about most of the common races that exists in the D&D setting, or the Forgotten Realms. So we've mentioned the elves, we've talked about the humans, those are both playable races that you can play without the DM discretion, usually. Yeah. So, see, there's dwarves. Dwarves are fun. Nobody really knows how they ended up on Toro. <laughs> uh, we have gnomes, which are like the uh, like the elves, they are descendants of uh, fairies in some relation, but they are not uh, related to the elves themselves. At least not in the Forgotten Realms. No. In other in other D and D settings, the gnomes are actually more attuned with the Feywilds than they are with the the world itself. But in those self same settings, the um, high elves or Eladrin also don't exist. So it's a bit of a trade. The Eladrin are, of course, also playable races. They're similar to elves, but they are not elves. They Hashtag are more related. Not elves. Not elves. <laughs> they, they um, from the Feywilds, created by the fairies in the Fey and the Fey rather, 
like the elves. And uh, while the elves were brought upon Toril to help the Fae fight the dragons, the Eladrin kind of happened to end up on Toril in the same way because of an experiment that went wrong. And uh, since then, the few Eladrin that ended up on Toril intermixed with the elves. And to this day, now they're actually very hard to tell apart that they're actually completely different species. Because Apparently. We, we, we all need more of those. Yeah, we need more elves. Yep. Spoken by True Dwarf. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we also have, as of the 4th edition, uh, Dragonborn from the world of Ebir. Uh, as we mentioned the spell plague a few times before, and we will get back to exactly what that is. But uh, during the spell plague, it sped up the process of this whole merging thing that uh, the Sundering would eventually reverse. That meant that uh, certain parts of uh, a beer crashed down on Toril and uh, completely obliterated uh, certain uh, areas they crashed down upon. One such... Uh, continent to crash down was the home of the Dragonborn, a race of uh, humanoid, uh, well, lizards that are, of course, descended from dragons, hence their name. Uh, the majority of Dragonborn, no matter whether they're metallic or chromatic of heritage, are lawful creatures, uh, and usually they hunt dragons, as their, their culture, uh, at least that is what their culture is all about. But they came. Pretty ate, curious. Yes, they came to Toril and uh, now ate the other races in being adventurous, because that's they what do. they do. This is worth mentioning that the Dragonborn are huge. <laughs> they are. They Massive. Are. Uh, previously, <laughs> yeah. the uh, the largest uh, common core race was the half orcs. The Dragonborn far outmatched them in size. That they do. Speaking of half orcs, though. Uh, the orcs are also a curious thing because uh, they were they are not dated to Toril at all. They were brought in upon the world of Toril by the original creator races through a portal that opened up to the orc home world, and then orcs happened. Some of you may may recall something some events similar to this in another setting that also that starts with war, and I'll say no more. These orcs and portals it happens a lot. It, it tends to do, at least. There's rarely any good explanation for how did the orcs happen. Well, we don't know. Magic! <laughs> <laughs> Magic's the answer, always. Yes. And so it is here. So portals happen. Or rather, they're actually made quite intently. And then the orcs spew forth. And uh, since then, the orcs have been a nuisance to the world. One popular theory among the living races is that the uh, orcs and elves were created at the uh, around the same time uh, entirely through the uh, the war between Grumsh and Corell and Larethian uh, the uh, the uh, primary gods of uh, the orcs and elves respectively uh, and through their uh, through their constant conflict the orcs and elves sort of just appeared and started warring with each other because why not because their gods were at war. Yep, exactly. Uh, this would imply that they were sort of spawned on the same plane, which would mean that orcs are also from fairy, but that is not confirmed. That isn't, but it is an implication. 
Yes, because goblins are also considered native to fairy. That they are. And orcs are goblinoids. We, they're kind they're, of goblinoid. They're, they're also larger than goblins. Yes. So. They're also referred to as monstrous humanoids, depending on which version you're playing. So, We mentioned wolves. Wolves just happened as well. Just yep. appeared one day. Poof. Wolves. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a popular fear among the dwarves, at least, is that they were created by their gods Moradin in um, the Soulforge, as their god struck down his own hammer upon the anvil in the Soulforge and created dwarves. The Soulforge being the home realm of Moradin, just to make that clear. Every single god have their own realm within the celestial realm, essentially, so... Yeah. Or rather the domains within that realm, but mm. that that is his domain, the Soulforge, and uh, he created the dwarves, according to the dwarves at least, and then they appear on Toril. Let's see, halflings are native to Toril. Uh, exactly how they appeared, we don't know, but uh, they appeared at some point. Uh, then we have so many, we have all of the various half elf, half or, and technically. The ter- uh, terminology uh, only implies that one half has to be elf and one half has to be orc. It says nothing about the other half. But the uh, common D&D logic it says that the other half is human. Mostly because the humans are the uh, most dominant race. That, and they well, are... Numerous, at least. Uh, yes, they, they, are, they are numerous and they, they do exist everywhere. Hence why they're also one of the creator races. They have spawned so many other races later on uh, simply by virtue of uh, well, creating so many hybrid races and we have stuff like the Asimar and the Tieflings that are uh, that, that are born from a union between a human and a celestial being or an abyssal being at some point in their, in their bloodline. It doesn't have to be their direct parents. It could, just, it could be their great-great-great-great-grandfather who just happened to pass a demon lord uh, when he uh, he was younger, and suddenly, tiefling. <laughs> that uh, that happens. Uh, humans are uh, well. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not. Not so much just passing by a demon lord. No, no, no that no. Pro- that probably doesn't happen too often and staying alive. But more more related to um, either some kind of um, involvement with the devil, like striking a pact, or. Yeah, that's or um, a, another very popular, yeah, intercourse <laughs> with another kind of abyssal demon, devil, devil kind of creature. Yes, uh, and yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, it, 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 oddly enough, tieflings are more common than their counterpart, the Asima, uh, uh, probably because the celestial beings have less of a habit of uh, involving themselves with uh, mortal races. Uh, tieflings and Asimar are distinctly great uh, races that uh, sh- uh, that come from humans, uh, but there are no rules saying that there can't be similar uh, creatures created from elves who have demonic ancestors, uh, ancestors or dwarves, for that matter. It's just not within. Uh, it's not. It's just not uh, commonly referred to. Regardless. Uh... Both Tieflings and Asima are um, very much not the same race as their parents are. No. You, the only relation they really have to mostly being humans is that 
The parents are mostly humans. They do have the same basic shape. Yeah, they do. Uh, uh, Asima essentially just be, uh, are humans with uh, with golden skin and uh, and it, uh, and hair for the most part, and uh, somewhere between yellow and blue eyes. That rarely differs much from that. Uh, essentially, radiating holiness and divinity and everything that is nice. Yeah. Or lawful. Meanwhile, tieflings being mostly red and red, <laughs> and a good amount of them. A good uh, amount of tails and horns. Uh, yes, 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 exactly. They they <laughs> they, they, they they take on a far more drast- uh, drastic uh, transformation than uh, the Asimar, at least. Yeah, uh, they do. There also exists stuff like half fiends, half demons, half devils, half dragons, and half. Yeah, celestials and whatnot, but half, uh, but but those particular ones are templates that can be applied to any other race. I've seen examples of half celestial unicorns, for example. Uh, that sounds awful. It's actually pretty impressive. Uh, I saw, I, I, I found some uh, fan artwork of it. Uh, it. It's just this giant golden unicorn with a halo. Oh <laughs> yes, it, it it was actually pretty uh, pretty cool. And then uh, not so cool part was the variations of it, where one uh, one of the uh, one of the versions had its horn formed like the uh, like uh, the trumpet of uh, the type of celestial that uses a trumpet that I can't recall right now uh, the name of. But they, there's one of the, uh, those that was uh, that was less than glorious. But other than that, <laughs> well, it's uh, uh, hilarious though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, then we have, uh, you know, half fiends could just as well be, uh, be a half dragon, half fiend. Now that would be terrifying. Um, so that sounds it, awful as well. Yeah, yes. This is the the hybrids between other races, but we were talking core races. <laughs> and now we I'm, were, we were, and we should prob we should probably stick to the core races. Yes, for now at least. Yeah. Um, I see. But I think we mentioned most of the core races, and uh, we don't really. I don't. I hope we don't really need to explain that half orcs and half elves and those things are just a mix between different races because we've just spent the past something minutes talking about just that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it it should be it should be uh, understandable what, exactly how that works now, at least. If nothing else, the name speaks for itself. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> We were going to talk about the spell plague again. Yes, yeah, we didn't mention all that much of how it how it came about, what happened, really, did we? I suppose that's true. Right, right. The time of troubles ended. A lot of gods died, and new gods were uh, came about. Uh, then, uh, part, uh, we see about twenty years pass, uh, a bit more, and then suddenly, the goddess of magic is killed by another god. And uh, poof, the weave, this uh, all-encompassing layer, consider a soul layer or something like that, uh, which enables magic to happen, uh, goes out of control and causes a a large burst of energy, small nova uh, consisting of blue flames, uh, referred to as blue fire or plague fire. This is a pretty cataclysmic event in general. Yeah, they, uh, it, it spreads from some point, assuming uh, one can assume Dwyoma Heart, the home realm of the Goddess of Magic Mistra, 
which uh, Dwelmahard Im- uh, implodes on itself, actually, and kills uh, a few of the lesser gods that lived in that particular uh, plane. Uh, so uh, one of them, called Asuth, uh, fell all the way to the abyss, where the first lord of the devils down there, Asmodeus, there we go, he uh, picks up Asuth and absorbs his divine essence and becomes a god himself. Not fun. That uh, That's the kind of power the spell plague had. Uh, it it causes massive geographical changes. Uh, certain parts of uh, Earth begin to just rip it, uh, themselves out of the crust and just float in the air, becoming stuff later referred to as Earth Moats. Floating islands! Yes! Yes! Sky pirates! <laughs> Wait, oh. Yes! And they, uh, sky well, pirates, actually become a thing, so... <laughs> they do. Yeah, <laughs> they do. That's a thing. That's uh, an idea you could use for your next uh, Forgotten Realms campaign. Sky pirates, Earth modes. Yeah, or maybe I should say jar. Yar. Yeah. Yar. Adventure at what? Uh, the spell. Pl- uh, the spell plague also um, makes other ravages, such as well, as we uh, said before, uh, it uh, speeds up the process caused by, uh, initially by the, the shattering of the Tablets of Faith, where a beer starts to really just crash down on Toril, which introduced the Dragonborn. We have um, several mages who go uh, entirely mad, because now arcane spells can't be used properly because the weave is not really functioning. Then they get to experience the same thing that the clerics got to experience when the gods walked in mortal form. Exactly. So now it's the mages and sorcerers' turn, uh, well, wizards and sorcerers' turn, whichever you uh, want to call it. We have, um, well, if we if we have all sorts of examples of uh, creatures from planes otherwise forgotten called the far planes. So, uh, suddenly appearing in areas that were heavily hit by the uh, the plague fire, the, uh, we're in areas now referred to as the plague lands because the blue fires are, haven't burnt out yet in those. During during the spell flame, spell plague, I should say, not the spell flame, mm-hmm. uh, is actually when um, island of uh, or rather place known as Evermeet ends up in the fairy and. Uh, this is also related to the fairy, the realm, the realm Feywilds, becoming closer to Toru again. It had previously been uh, gaining distance between the two worlds and uh, essentially being forgotten since the days of Thunder, and now suddenly it becomes relevant again because the realm comes in very close contact to Toru again. And we have stuff like... Um... Well, entire entire nations such as the uh, uh, nation of Fey, and uh, we have the city state of Luskan, the, the two areas that were ruled. Uh, they were magocracies. Now they their leaders don't have access to their powers. So what happens? Well, the, their people rise up against them and uh, cast them down. Uh, in some cases, we have um, examples of the visits of Fey. Direct uh, red. Visits of they are directly uh, attempting to uh, become liches because somehow necromancy still works more so than the other schools of magic. For some reason, at least. Yes, which would then allow them to still hold the power they had before. I think it's worth noting that they are the Red Wizards of Fae, mm. T H A Y, 
and not the Wizards of Fey, which is F E Y. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we have, we have, uh, well, we have stuff like uh, we have mutations that suddenly are introduced due to uh, due to excessive uh, interaction with the fire. Where we should say they transform into stuff that are very reminiscent of these creatures that are now coming from the far plane. Uh, which uh, they are very Cthulhu-esque. Uh, they are very Lovecraftian, uh, all tentacles, eyes, and uh, mouths, and not much else. Uh, <laughs> abominations. <laughs> Pretty much, although abominations are already in an existing group, and these have their hey, own. Little... There they are. We have the creation of something co- referred to as the Ghost King, which is uh, which is the dead corpse of a. Massive red dragon, um, which then melt together with a, a an artifact known as Crunchinibon. Those uh, who are familiar with uh, Icewind Dale, both the books and the game, know who Crunchinibon is, um, and the ghost of uh, an Illithid. They are all washed over by the flames, and the uh, and these three, uh, and they are in close proximity to each other. So these three just melt into one being. Uh, that is the power of the uh, plague fires. Very, very, very odd stuff. That it is. The spell plague is in general pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, a few gods band together and manage to imprison the god who sl- uh, who killed the uh, goddess of magic, um, and f- imprisoned him. And in this particular instance, by doing this, one of the gods transformed into another as- aspect of himself and became a new god. Uh, and somehow that helped with um, yeah, that helped with the whole spell plague thing, which eventually just subsided, and arcane magic became usable again, which also later allowed for the return of the goddess of magic not quite the, uh, yet but it happens a few years later it's not exactly the same goddess goddess of magic has been killed a few times before she has as well uh, it, uh, magic is uh, a domain that uh, many gods want and uh, a few gods are willing to kill for and yet it it seems like it's all, uh, always a different incarnation of the same god that uh, it gets to become the god of magic now we can we can uh, try and make sense of how this happens. Maybe it's just that uh, the highest priest or priestess, in, which might be the same case, just happens to be named after the god or title themselves after the god. But um, that's not actually touched upon, to no. my knowledge. No, it isn't. Ever. Either way, the, the, go- the goddess of magic is reformed after a while and the spell plague ends. That's not to say that the aftermath of the spell plague doesn't exist anymore. There's still blue fires, if I, if I recall correctly, even after the spell plague. Yes, and the, the plague lands still exist after the uh, the spell uh, spell plague ends. They are uh, they plague are the lands permanent. being uh, yeah the remnants. Yes, they are still alive with blue fire, the living scars upon the surface of Toro. And all of this because one mortal decided that he wanted to be the god of magic. Yep. Well, one god decided to one mortal, uh, one that was once mortal, now god. Oh yeah, he did become a god before he murdered her. Yeah, <laughs> they actually became gods at the same time. These two, we, but we won't talk more about that. Oh no, no, 
They were actually companions at once. <laughs> yeah, when they Even. were mortals. <laughs> Uh, when they were mortals, they were adventuring companions. But uh, that's, a, that's part of the time of troubles. And, well, a lot of interesting things happened with interactions between the gods and mortals during that, as we've said. Yes. Uh, I know of one god who's um, the god of the unlucky god, who the, uh, one mortal who didn't want to be a god, but became a god anyway. <laughs> because he was drunk. And made a bet. And he managed to win this bet. And then he became a god. <laughs> <laughs> now, to live up to our uh, our uh, podcast title, uh, we are going to uh, discuss a bit about the implications for uh, future uh, storylines and uh, for the setting. Uh, because as of now, the current storyline within the Forgotten Realms setting is called Rage of Demons and focuses around the invasion of the Abyss into the Underdark, the uh, the realm beneath the crust of the Earth of uh, Toril, where you find your Swerf Neblin or Deep Gnomes, your Dwergar, uh, your and the Drow. and uh, most notably the Drow. Um, also Aboleths. Also, Apolevs, yes, uh, our favorite, favorite cre- fish-like uh, tentacle monsters with mi- uh, mind control powers. Because, of course, we need fish with mind control powers. Um, what would life be without fish with mind control powers? I really don't know. I don't dare to be- de- imagine it. Mm. <laughs> All praise Apolev. <laughs> praise Apolev. <laughs> praise Apolev, of course. Uh, or, or if we go with the uh, Hypnotode uh, version of it, all, all hail Hypnotode, uh, all hail Abolev. Hail Abolev. Yes. Uh, but uh, Rage of Demons uh, uh, introduces a storyline uh, that begins with suddenly rampaging demon lords, demon lords being the, uh, the de- uh, demons that... Uh, within the abyss, control their own layer of the abyss, or at least a region on a layer, and uh, they are often they 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 are often less powerful than lesser gods, but just about that amount of powers are very very powerful creatures. We have uh, the the uh, the demon lord of minotaurs, the demon lord of gnolls, the demon lords of fungi, and the so-called demon prince, who is essentially a lesser god uh, himself, uh, his name is Demogorgon, doing raids upon Mensa San, the uh, the grand capital, almost grand capital anyway, of the Underdark, uh, where the, most of the Drow live, although they have a lot of smaller cities around. It's, that's, it's not that Mensa San is their only one. Of course not. And... Uh, well, it, it it's just one uh, one massive invasion, really, with uh, no no seeming uh, provocation whatsoever, other than you know Drow being evil and chaotic uh, for the most part. You uh, usually uh, have deals with demons, and we, they even have certain uh, specialized uh, prestige classes that focus entirely on bringing demons into their own bodies, uh, called uh, demon binders. So there's that. Demon minders. Yes. That sounds already uninspired. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it does. Still, we have to consider that it's ironic that the drow would be invaded by the demons. Mm. 
especially considering that their patron god, Lolf, also has her own little realm within the abyss. Yes, uh, one would almost think that maybe she uh, got the, got them to make this invasion, or maybe the demon lords in, in question are uh, in a war against Lolf and decide to take it out against her children. Who knows? Perhaps. Uh, well, we don't know. We don't know because it's not. It, 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 this particular storyline has not been explored very much. But uh, yet, uh, we do know that R.A. Salvatore is working on a set of books about it. Uh, so, you will be able to read about Dredd Stoughton taking down a lesser god in the, uh, in the form of Devo Gorgon. That'll be fun, maybe. Uh, I, I, I'm not too much of a fan of those books, I'll have to admit, but uh, he, I can appreciate what uh, R.A. Salvatore has brought to the general setting of Forgotten Realms outside oh, of yes. his characters. Because I, he, I'll, uh, I'll reserve my opinions on uh, Dristerward in, in general, but um, mm. it, it's very true that R.A. Salvatore has at least expanded upon the universe mm. quite a lot. Yes. He introduced one of my favourite classes, uh, the uh, favoured soul which is essentially just a, a divine magic version of the sorcerer, which is great, especially uh, especially when you, uh, when you have a, da- a daily ability that does that allows you to call, uh, call down the essence of your de- uh, deity, and then just uh, hope, th- in my case, that your deity favors fist fighting, because then you fight with uh, the deity's essence in your fists. Yeah, yes. that sounds like fun. Yes, indeed. <laughs> But I, I think we can call. Except the glory of my lord, uh, of my lord um, Helm, smack, smack with a fist. Or in in, ca- in case they uh, they like to headbutt one another, except the glory of Helm, bonk, and then lights out. <laughs> oh, I, I. But yeah. Law implications, though. We were talking there about the demons, and that, it's an interesting theory, at least, that it has some relation to um, the god of the trial. And the drow himself, and the demons invading, possibly their lords in this case. Yes, uh, we really, really don't know what exactly is going on. But uh, as said, we are making certain that you know about possible implications of uh, the current storyline. We would, of course, be interested in any implications that anyone else has as well. I should add, I suppose, that uh, the. Uh, demon lord of uh, fungi called uh, oh dear god uh, how do I pronounce this uh, <laughs> oh dear uh, it, why, it, why are you getting yourself into this I, I, I really don't know I must have this hankering for punishment I, 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 I that's you must thing. do yeah. because I know that you have the name right in front of you and you're sitting here. I want to talk about this, but I have no idea how to pronounce this name. Uh, but I'm su- going to try anyway. Sukdmoy. Yes. Sukdmoy. <laughs> let's go with that. Sukdmoy. Um, let's pretend that's it, at least. Yes, let's pretend that it's pronounced Sukdmoy, uh, who, or the demon queen of fungi, because it's a woman, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. She, uh, she it, it, her only real worshippers are entities that don't even know they're worshipping her simply by virtue of being infected by spores that she creates. And when they are infected, all the actions that they do are automatically counted as worshipping. 
being a, fun- a fungi, she's a, a fungus-like thing. She works through parasitic means, of course. And most of her goal uh, is just to merge, or uh, actually it says marry, this uh, this city-sized fungus that is found within the Underdark. And I, when we are talking about fungus and marriage, my immediate thought is that they want to merge together. Now, imagine a city-sized uh, a demon queen of fungus wandering around the Underdark. Under now, there are plenty of small caverns, but then she could just release a ton of spores and boom. Everything is now fungus. Fun times. Fun times. Fun times, indeed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as I was saying earlier, we, both of us, both myself, Pooch, and Mycroft would, of course, be interested in uh, hearing theories on uh, what this could mean to everyone else, from everyone else, and, of course, what you thought so far of what we've been talking about here. If there's anything unclear, or if there's anything you thing you'd like to know more about, please do tell us, because we want to know. Same thing if we've said something that's completely wrong, like the spell plague <laughs> happening after the Sundering, or during the Sundering, which may not be wrong. It's still during the Sundering. The Sundering starts before the Spell Plague at the, and ends after the Spell Plague has ended. I will believe it for now. At least. <laughs> At least until next time. <laughs> <laughs> At least until someone uh, someone tells you different. Um... <laughs> until someone else tells me that I'm right and you're wrong. Yes, yes, because that uh, that's what you really need to know. Uh, <laughs> that I'm an idiot and you were right all along. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, brilliant. Uh, yeah, so... But that is that is until next time, isn't it? Yes. Uh, we it do, I do want to say that currently we are planning to bring you Warhammer as the topic for the next episode. So if you have any specific questions about Warhammer's uh, Warhammer Fantasy universe uh, do uh, do ask we'll make a little thread in rphq uh, or on rphq's site uh, so that you can uh, get, uh, send questions to us um and we'll also eventually do some uh, polls for uh, future topics or future episodes uh, in the hopes that uh, we'll be able to talk about things you want to know about and of course uh, eventually if you've heard something you want to know more about in this episode, we might be able to do a specialized uh, episode about, let's say, d- dragons, uh, chromatic versus metallic, or the demon lords themselves that we've just talked about. Or fey and the fey wilds. Yes. Uh, or any of the races. Oh, yes. Um, Things like that. It, so, yeah. So we look forward to hearing from you, and I guess that's it for us. You guess so? Yes. So. That's all. All right, then. (laughs) You guess so. Yes. Until next time.